She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season one, Redux. I want to rewrite. So this is just going to be our last wrap up for season one. We just wanted to kind of talk about how maybe we would do things differently if we had the option and just kind of tweak some of the episodes and kind of see how we could maybe make them a little better or just say going to redo it tomorrow or something. Yeah. And I think some of that's probably maybe like a modern eye on things. So just, you know, the way media has maybe changed too, but. Yeah, I think that's part of it for sure. Because season one definitely was, I think, very a, a piecemeal season of where they were just trying to fill in episodes. They hadn't really worked out like the whole overarching thing that I think they develop as seasons go on for more cohesion. So we yeah, had, I sort of redid the entire season. I reworked the entire season. I reordered episodes. I rewrote some plots um i know you didn't go that far no i just picked three episodes and i kind of tweaked them how maybe i would have approached them differently and just some notes and then um with one episode i kind of redid the whole thing (laughs) so okay yeah yeah mine are more like bullet point elevator pitches and stuff like that but like I, i did reorder some episodes as well so i guess we'll just get into it so for the season my season has 23 three possibly 22 episodes because okay. I did turn I did turn a few episodes into like a multi-parter and I'm not sure with the rewrites if they are a two-parter or possibly a three-parter so yeah I'm not sure how many but I am there's one episode that I definitely dropped listeners may know what episode that is um, we'll find <laughs> out so okay. I so think my, I have a good guess <laughs> okay so my first episode obviously is the pilot and pretty much the only thing on that is like like ditch the 19 we talked about this many times ditch the 1992 pretense just it's march 1993 not march 1992 because that just throws off the whole timing of the season as you go on because then it turns out by the end of season 1 they've been working together for almost 2 years which seems strange especially cuz some of the interact. earlier episodes the way they interact and stuff they don't seem to know each other that well yeah. and so it's weird to be like we've already been working together for a year and we don't really know each other it doesn't really yeah and so I think that was just something they were like trying to make it seem like, oh, you know, for like the pilot, like this is something that happened last year or in the past without being like too far back in the past. And so they made it like it was a year ago. But yeah, just make it. It's March 1993 and we just move forward. And the other thing was just tighten up some of the details. Maybe I was trying to figure out ways to give better motivations for the cover up by the fathers, but I couldn't really come up with an idea for that or maybe just get rid of it somehow. But then if you got rid of it, then how do you? Like, what's the cover up? I don't know. So there's, yeah. like I said, I'm not, I'm not like pitching this to, you know, to Carter to try and get licensed to redo the episodes. Just like some things that I think need to be done. And my second episode actually becomes Squeeze. Okay. So I skip Deep Throat. Deep Throat gets moved back in the, in the season. And so that's the second episode. Detective Riggs, I kind of reworked him a little bit. I made his father work the 1933 case. 
And then his father actually became a victim of tombs. And so like, oh. he was like, and so he was like 10 years old, which would make him 70 in 1993 instead of like the 80 something he's supposed to be. And he doesn't look 80 something. So that just works out better for him. You can keep the same actor. Although, I mean, obviously we did it. We couldn't keep the same actor, but, and then he does become a cop and he was blocked from working the 1963 case because of the similarities and what happened to his father. Oh, that and makes that, sense. Yeah, and then that's why he starts doing stuff on his own, and then that basically shuts down his career. So okay. he stays a cop for thirty years, but he's basically not not allowed to like get promotions or whatever. And so he did go like to World War II. So we get the World War II stuff. He became a cop in forty six after World War II. And then, like, he had some injuries and then declining physical ability just because his inability to move up into command positions, he actually had to stay like a street cop. And so he was that physically demanding stuff and it just wore him down. That's why, like, he's in a wheelchair and stuff. So, like, it had an effect on his career, both like his father died, but then also because of the similarities and then him doing the stuff on his own and being shut down, it, like, affected his career being able to move up through, like, the department. And so he's kind of got some other issues going on as well so cool adds a little more context to him because we talked about the fact that like he there's no way that dude is as old as he's supposed to be in the episode yeah no definitely not yeah then episode three so then we everything stays kind of normal so episode three is conduit used to be episode four and then in that one i gave ruby the marks like the kids have in pilot so we get some cohesion okay cool and then also kevin's abilities like, you know, seeing stuff in the TV and hearing the voices and getting information. It hints at something that's coming up in another episode. I'm not going to say what episode yet, but it okay. hints at something. And then his large drawing that he does on the floor that they see isn't really of Ruby, but it's actually like a like a like a satellite view of the campsite. Oh, that's cool. Like a and map so that would kind be, of. Yeah, so almost like a Google map kind of thing. And so it's kind of like, you know, like if the aliens were looking at the campsite, then it would be that. And so rather than being a picture of Ruby, they see a picture of like the campsite. Like, wait, that's like, you know, and then maybe they could whip out a map and, you know, oh my God, it's the campsite. We got to get there kind of thing. So rather than being a a weird picture of Ruby. So that's the only change because it was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Yeah, I liked Conduit a lot. Yeah. Then Jersey Devil moves from episode five to episode four, just because everything's being moved up by one. And in that one, I actually take the whole mammalian mutation idea from Pilot and add like a little altered states action to it. And so we actually kind of do get like, not just like people living in the woods, but like there's some sort of like creature in the woods okay that may be like alien related because there's some kind of mutation and then we don't get the medical reports because both bodies disappear and dr diamond also disappears Ooh, yeah so like did the government take them what's going on so ooh, creepy i like that that's yeah. really good but that way it makes it a little more cohesive we're trying to i'm trying to keep things a little more cohesive through the episode so like everything doesn't have to tie to the pilot but like we're starting to get some you know, not 17 different types of aliens and that kind of stuff that I had an issue with. Right. So I actually worked on Jersey Devil a little too. My thought on it was just to like cut the historical car stuff. That doesn't need to be there. So it doesn't need to be like an old attack. And then like open on a farmhouse. It's modern day. 
and someone like goes out to their barn to like lock up or feed the horse or something and they get attacked. And so the person inside the house notices their spouse hasn't come back yet and goes to the barn to look for them. And then in the barn, we see this inhuman hand like holding guts or like maybe a flash of red eyes in the dark. And the thing like escapes out the back of the barn. And so then that's the, that's the cold open <laughs> right there. And it cuts and then, you know, theme song. <laughs> and then Mulder and Scully go to investigate because there is an X-File of a similar murder back in like the 1950s or 60s from another farm down the road that's a little further out. And right. it's also on the edge of the woods. And this farm is on the edge of the woods. And as the investigation proceeds and more murders happen, all of them are kind of on the edge of the forest where humans are encroaching on the habitat. And so it's places where people have set up. So maybe there's like a new development, housing development coming in or something that's, you know, ha- causing problems. Who knows? Something like that. So it's, you know, kind of that theme that Chris Carter likes where it's like humans are messing with nature and they're, so they're getting screwed by these monsters. Um, and then whether the monster is an actual Jersey Devil, like from folklore, that could be cool, or some kind of Bigfoot style thing. You can make it so it's kind of killing out of self-defense because it's losing its habitat. But I, I just think it should be like an actual cryptid of some kind, not just a naked woman with messy hair. Yeah. <laughs> so however I they mean, go I with like, it. I like the idea of naked women, personally. Oh, I don't but... have a problem. I, I also <laughs> do not have a problem with naked women. It's more that like yeah. in this episode, it made it very like she's not really she's just a woman. Like <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. I'm kind of keeping the the misuse of the Jersey Devil for yes. mine because I'm kind of I'm you're kind of in a way I yours is almost tying a little bit into shapes a little, a little bit. bit yeah it's, it's yeah. Kind of, actually I wrote that before I saw shapes and then I was okay. like oh they kind of did the barn thing um yeah. but I was just thinking like it could even just be a new housing development it doesn't have to be a farm where maybe they're like building houses and people who have moved in you know are getting attacked just or something one of the construction where, workers. Yeah, whereas people are like encroaching on the forest. And so then this creature who hasn't been seen since like the 1950s or whatever, or, you know, the 1800s and 1950s is like now all of a sudden showing up again. And so it's kind of like this, ooh, monster. But it has to be like an actual cryptid. That's that's my thing for it. Yeah. <laughs> you could even go with the um, the social commentary that was kind of popular back in the 90s where like it's a housing development and it's like being built. And then, like, some some young punks go in and they're going to, like, graffiti the place up overnight. And then something <laughs> happens to one of them, right? So you yeah, say, oh, hey, yeah. You, should, you shouldn't be doing that, kids. But then also we get, like, lead into the X-Files. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's very 90s, but I just thought that might have been a better way to approach it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So then, so that was, for me, that was episode four. And then I jump to episode five, which actually used to be episode seven, which is Ghost in the Machine. Mm. And we're going to swap out the Steve Jobs dude for like a great Kurzweil kind of dude. And so we're talking more about like human consciousness being uploaded into computers. Okay. And like the, the singularity kind of stuff as opposed to like AI. And so he's working on a project in secret. Sort of like Mr. Freeze in Batman the Animated Series. And he keeps his com- computer completely off the grid because I didn't want, he doesn't want any of his work to be found. He also, since he's working on like uploading like human consciousness, he doesn't want it to get like out into the internet kind of thing. So he keeps his computer completely off the grid. And then there's a similar dynamic of like the money versus science stuff. And a bunch of technicians 
are ordered by the boss to go into his workspace and search for what he's been working on. And one of the techs is like, why is this mainframe like completely isolated? And so he connects it to the network. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yep. And then the incomplete consciousness that has been uploaded is let loose onto the net and starts seeking data to become whole and is kind of murdery in a self-preservation protective kind of way. Yeah. So and is and is also protective of the Kurzweil character. And so like he actually is like kind of doing stuff to protect the guy. And then the government assumes the project has always been AI and not uploading you know, like human consciousness because that was the cover that he was using to do his work. And so that's where we get the government stuff. This also leads into how the information that Kevin is getting in Conduit Ooh. is he is actually talking to that consciousness and not actual aliens. Oh, creepy. So like, what's going on with Ruby? Was she, was she really abducted by aliens or is this something else going on? Like, we don't know what's going on. Like, where's like, how's the government involved? We don't know. Like, it's just a lot of ambiguity on this. So there's lots of stuff like things are starting to link together, but we don't, don't know how they're linking together. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Then we actually step back and go to shadows. Okay. So that becomes, that becomes episode six. And this is pretty much like everything we talked about in the episode, like less is more. Again, make it completely ambiguous, whether it's a ghost or whether she has psychokinetic powers, like zero digital effects, no ghost photography. And then the reveal of the computer disk is actually by accident because of the damage from like the whirlwind of power in the room. Like we don't have the knife that like floats and tries to stab the guy. It's just like furniture starts hitting everything and it rips the wallpaper and the disk falls out of the wall. And so it's oh. kind of like happenstance they find the information because if she had powers, she obviously didn't know where the disc was. So how could like her powers uncover it? So it has to be by accident. It's not like the ghost like showed us <laughs> where it was kind it of thing. Them. Yeah, no, yeah, that's so, good. So unfortunately I'm writing Howard Graves out of X-Files. Well, I mean, he still could be there. We don't know. We don't know. That's true. It's there. ambiguous. Yeah. So I'm not really writing him out, but we're not making him an actual, like it's definitely Howard Graves. So <laughs> Yeah. I didn't go through and actually work Howard Graves in the ever. That would be a whole nother thing. That's what we've been making. doing through the whole podcast. It's just like That's working, true. In, just so. working <laughs> Howard Graves into it. Yeah. Shadows becomes episode six. I think it actually was, was it six? I think it was actually six. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so it actually gets back in its normal place. And then, but because I did drop an episode, because I moved a few things around, ice becomes episode seven. Okay. Instead of being episode eight. And I don't change too well, I do change a few things just to make some more links. So maybe Hodge is part of the conspiracy and he was sent to acquire a sample and he actually infects De Silva, but it's not De Silva that kills Denny. Hodge kills Denny because Ooh. Denny saw him do something, okay. whether it was like, get some of the contaminated stuff or infect the silver or something. We don't know what, but he kills him rather than infects him to create further distrust among the group. So Plus that makes just... more sense because like the way Denny was killed seems so like logical and cold instead of yeah. like a burst of mm -hmm. rage. Yeah. And then I'm also doing a thing. I'm setting up some stuff. Hodge has really pale blue eyes. Okay. And this is going to come up later. <laughs> 
So, and that kind of solves the problem of like, how did De Silva get infected? Cause we don't know how, like, you know, it was cause she was just doing science badly. Um, did she get it on her and no one realizes it, but like making Hodge, like part of possibly part of, but we don't know for sure. Right. But we kind of get like, you know, there's enough clues to like, he's in on it and he's also the one who infected De Silva. So it solves that problem. And then I made it so that it actually does the virus, whether we do this in the episode or not, because who knows, it might come up again. But the virus does actually affect women differently. Okay. Because like biology is slightly different for men and women. So it doesn't make women aggressive because women don't have as much testosterone. It makes them more like, like paranoid schizophrenics. Like they become like just super like, you know, accusatory and that kind of basically how she acts in the episode. Okay. I hate, I, I'm making it sound really sexist. I'm like, she just becomes hysterical, right? She loses her temper really easy. No, but like, like oh, it's kind you're of totally weird. doing the stereotype of women, right? Of like, they can't <laughs> control their emotions and whatever. But like, just because I'm kind of tying it to testosterone. So since men have more testosterone, it like really like just ramps that up. And that's why they become super aggressive and like alpha male, like trying to kill each other kind of stuff. Whereas women have lower levels of testosterone on average. And so it affects them differently. They yeah. just become more like paranoid schizophrenic kind of I stuff. I can see so. that. That does make sense. <laughs> yep. And then space becomes episode eight. Okay. Which it was originally episode nine. And again, it's less is more. Like, was Belt possessed by a space ghost? Or is he actually suffering from like some like disassociative disorder, dementia? as a result of PTSD from the 1966 near disaster that he survived. Right. And then his self-medication via alcohol, which we see in the episode. And then <laughs> like the episode, like the, all the flashbacks we get are actually from his like restless dreams and also the hypnotic regression with Mulder. And so that makes that also suspect, right. It's like, is it real or is he just dreaming? And is he like being like, you know, suggestive in a hypnotic state? And so we, again, we have zero CGI just like in shadows and then there's no need, and I know this is a big thing for you too. Like, there's no need. The face on Mars does not need to exist in this episode. There's nope. no reason for it to exist. <laughs> the opening sequence can just be the shuttle launch delay and Belt going home and having the dream flashback where he sees something and mutters about it, making him do that. And we assume that that is the sabotage in the shuttle program, but we don't know like what it is. And so that becomes our our opening scene, our teaser. Nice. So no need for the Mars at all. No, not at all. So Space is the episode that I totally reworked. Like, I totally redid it. I went a little wild here, so bear with oh, me. Okay. All right. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. All right. So this is the, the cold open. So we see a shuttle landing, and it's on the news, and there's a news cry on below that says, Aries 6 shuttle lands safely after issues on mission or something like that. And people are cheering, and the astronauts, like, get out of the shuttle. And we, we see them, like, coming out, and, like, everyone's really happy. And the shot widens. And we see the video is being played on the set of a daytime talk show. And a man and a woman are both dressed in like those blue astronaut jumpsuits. And they're sitting on chairs opposite a charismatic daytime show host. And the audience is applauding as they watch this video. Because obviously, yay, they're all safe. And now, you know, they're here to talk about it. And so the host is like, that was something. NASA had issued a report that they'd lost all contact with your shuttle the day before. What happened? And so the woman astronaut smiles and she says they had like mechanical issues and one of their communication devices broke down. But the man beside her, the other astronaut, his expression kind of darkens for a second before he like pulls it back. And he kind of just says like, it was aliens. And the host 
the smile just like drops off her face and she looks confused. She's like, you know, she has that cartoon smile. And then all of a sudden she's like, wait, what? And so she's like she, the doctor in born again. <laughs> yeah. Brings up that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and so then she kind of gets nervous and she looks back and forth and she starts to laugh and the guy is totally serious. And then the, the woman astronaut gives him this angry glare and kind of like gives him this look like, you know, shut up, dude. And he, he says, no, we were attacked by something. Everything on the ship went haywire. And then, and then he kind of shakes his head and he's like, we all blacked out. And when we came to, the ship was back up and we called NASA to arrange a landing. And the host is like, you think it was aliens? And like, you know, now she's like, this might be good TV. So she's getting more into mm-hmm. it. She's like, okay, cool. And then the woman astronaut laughs and she like, she laughs really derisively and kind of puts her hand on him and is like, just stop talking. And she says that Lieutenant Smith, who's this astronaut next to her, has a really bad sense of humor. And obviously it wasn't aliens. He's just making a joke. And then we cut to a hotel room and Lieutenant Smith is getting ready for bed. And so he hits play on a message on his hotel phone. And he like, we hear that he's being fired for making absurd statements on television. So he's losing his job and he's like irritated and he huffs. And then like, we see something grab him and like strangle him or something. And like, as it kind of pans out, we see that it's like the woman astronaut, Lieutenant Cartwright, who was with him on the show. And she, <sighs> And that is, then there's the theme song. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so then, uh, and this is the rest of the part of short. That's the only part that I really wrote out the whole scene. <laughs> but so that's the premise of the episode. And the case is about this astronaut, Lieutenant Cartwright, who was like, we learn as the episode goes on that she was possessed by an alien during this mission they were on. And Mulder is in because of the talk show. So we don't need like a Mars face. Like we can have him in the X-Files office showing Scully the clip from the show. Mm -hmm. And then he can bring up some file he has or some paper that says, no, I believe him because of this, this, and this or whatever. There's been these these reports of like whatever. And they're all, nothing matches. It's all weird. And so they go to NASA and get involved or they go to where the murder was (laughs) um, and get involved and like, they do talk to the other two astronauts from the mission, but they won't like talk to Mulder and Scully. They do seem scared though, but then another astronaut's killed. And finally, like the remaining surviving astronaut opens up about how Cartwright has been acting weird after they had the blackout and how like the F- Lieutenant Smith story is totally true. It was super weird. And Mulder does eventually figure out she's possessed by an alien. Scully's kind of skeptical, but she obviously agrees Cartwright needs to be brought to justice because she's obviously (laughs) murdered people. So it doesn't really matter whether she's possessed or not to Scully. And she thinks maybe stress has made her disassociate from reality and kill her fellow astronauts or something. And then um, the episode would end with Cartwright dying. Probably, I don't want Mulder or Scully to kill her because I think that, I think we try to avoid them actually killing people. So maybe like she's, they're chasing her and she like jumps out a window or something. And then it just is really ambiguous whether or not the alien possessing her is also dead. So they just, it kind of ends and they don't really know. Okay. Are we, are we, are we going full on board with that? She really is possessed by an alien or is she possibly just. See, I think it can be sort of ambiguous, but Mulder obviously believes that she's been possessed by an alien. And there's obviously going to be stuff that kind of points to that as the episode goes on. Like maybe she's trying to gather some kind of info from NASA, but like, it's unclear whether or not she's like Scully thinks just like dissociated and having some kind of whatever, or whether she really is possessed by an alien. Oh, that can be similar. I like that a lot. The only thing I would probably change 
aside from Smith, Smith is just a little too generic for the astronaut. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, but, I mean, doesn't um, that's just a no, random name? I do. Right? I the the shuttle Aries is like, ooh, okay, that's interesting. I like that. I would change his message from that he's getting fired to that they want to talk to him. Okay, yeah, that's like actually... he has to be, like he has to go in for a meeting because what what I was thinking was I was thinking about when Mulder is 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 bringing Scully in on this, like when we come back after the theme song theme song x files <laughs> right and then Mulder is like showing the videotape of the talk show thing to scully like he you know that's kind of like his mo like he shows her something and then they talk about it and so like then he stops it and she's like whoo that's probably gonna affect his career you know something like that and he's like well we don't know because it turned out later that night he was killed yeah that and so that's when good. we and that's when we get into like so yeah and so like he's like well we don't know if it was going to affect his career because he's been yeah. murdered yeah so that way we i was just thinking like a way to give Mulder something interesting to say and so it's like well if he already was fired we would know because there would be records of that but that's what like he just had to come in like to meet like they wanted to talk to him because he was in trouble basically right obviously make very <laughs> clear that he's not yeah like he was probably gonna, gonna lose his job or be demoted or like you're on you're on like ground control from now on kind of action right because yeah you yeah. can't go on tv and say that nasa's not gonna like that yeah but yeah so, so that was kind of my thought for how to do space differently without being <laughs> the hot wow, mess that it nice. was. and you also brought we discussed this the episode you brought some female astronauts into the i did <laughs> Yeah. I made one of them. I'm, I mean, she's a killer, but one of the other astronauts can be a woman too. Maybe the one who so survived. Is she, is she Cartwright was the name, right? Yeah. Cartwright. Lucent is Cartwright. she, is she the, the shuttle leader? Is she the commander of the shuttle? You know, or... I hadn't thought that far. Um, I don't know that it matters who the commander was. Maybe, maybe she was clearly she, you know, is she doesn't. Well, I was kind of thinking it would be like if she was the commander, that would maybe be one reason why the alien would possess her because right. she's the one in charge. And then also, I would think that on the talk show, they would really be trying to get one of the one of the commanders. Yeah, on. probably. Like one of the two people would be the commanders, and so rather than just making it the dude is going to get killed, right? We can make it her, and plus that gives some more, you know, some more gender equity on like yeah, exactly the commander. Well, like I said, the surviving astronaut can be a woman too, so it can be like yeah. But yeah, anyway, so that was kind of my thought on that. And I was just, <laughs> I was literally like thinking about it, like I think a few weeks ago. And I was like, you know, it'd be great. What if it just was like a talk show? And I was like, yeah, let's do that. So anyway, that's wow. how my brain works. No, I like it. That's good. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. All right. That's my so that X-Files was Files fan fiction for today. <laughs> yeah, we need, to, we need to start. I know. Is there a special kind of like you know like a site that does fan fiction is there a, um, there a fan fiction website where people yeah there's like fiction? ao3 which is like archive okay. of, of our own and i'm sure there's i have not read any x-files fan fiction from there but i'm sure there's lots of really great x-files fan fiction i haven't actually read any in v- many many years but maybe after we finish watching the whole series because like i don't want to kind of get mixed up in my head like what's real what's not oh, yeah <laughs> um maybe i'll go read some of it the thing is like i tend to write fan fiction like i'm writing episodes of the tv show and like a lot of people tend to write like i mean and i do write like the character stuff and like the relationship stuff too for sure but like i definitely am more into like let me write this like an episode and i feel like i'm it's not as common it does happen a lot but it's just like i feel like people are more into like just the romance shipping stuff which is fine there's nothing wrong yeah. with that um, it's just I tend to, <laughs> I tend to be the weirdo who's like, let me make this a whole episode. 
I don't know. Before <laughs> shipping became a thing, it was always like the slash fiction. Slash yeah, fiction it was. Cool thing too. I mean, that's always been a huge part of fan fiction okay. and always will be. And I, you know, yeah. I love that too. I have no problem with it. It's just, I tend to write the yeah. other weird stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was just curious. I don't, I don't keep up on that because a lot of it is like, I don't know. I have like my own head cam and stuff. And I just, that's strangely one of the things I don't get obsessed about as much like everything else in my life I tend to get up like if I get attached to something I become super compulsive and obsessive about it whereas that I really don't do that I don't get into like what other people think about it maybe because I don't give a shit what other people think so that's probably part of it (laughs) you know honestly with all the fandoms (laughs) I've been in over the years that's probably the best way to approach it because sometimes like the arguments or the way people fight well we talked about that last episode how we both work off the fandom where like you know you have that need to like well this is why she was acting that way and i'm like no she's acting that way because they wrote the episode bad just ignore it like just <laughs> and i'm like no but maybe they did <laughs> but but hear me out maybe it's because <laughs> yeah and then we're doing an episode now where it was my complete idea to like rewrite the entire season so yeah, yeah I'm totally being a hypocrite so that's okay i mean there's nothing wrong with it and that's how you know it's how you engage with media everyone does it differently and I think that's great. I think it's awesome. That's what fandom is really cool because like you have all these people who do different, like some people do fan fiction, some people do fan art, some people just write like their own little fan in on the internet and are like, I think this about Mulder. And I'm like, that's cool. I like that. I'm going to believe that too. And it's just kind of a neat way to like engage with it. So that was episode eight, which was space. Yes. We're still, we're still down an episode, but we're going to rectify that now because now Deep Throat comes in as episode nine. Yes. Okay. We, we will have introduced Deep Throat in Ghost in the Machine, which on my rewrite is episode five. So okay. he comes in a little bit later in the season because obviously he comes in in the second episode in the original, right? So he comes in a little bit later. But he doesn't come in in his like eponymous episode. Deep Throat shows up in Ghost in the Machine because Mulder's investigation jeopardizes the acquisition of the computer. And that's why he shows up in in Ghost in the Machine. Okay. So, and that Jerry, this kind of goes more into the Ghost in the Machine stuff, but like maybe Jerry's death wasn't at the hands of the computer, but was actually at the hands of like the invisible forces in the government. So we don't actually know whether it was like who killed Jerry. And so we get those same kind of interactions that we had in Ghost in the Machine. We get those here where Mulder contacts him directly, which irritates him because he did that in Ghost in the Machine because that was their second meeting. But we're going to do that here in Deep Throat because now this is their second meeting because they've already met in Ghost in the Machine. And we're going to focus, obviously, like we're going to focus more on Colonel Budahas and make, I thought about making Mulder's experiences actually Budahas's experiences so the whole capture and the memory manipulation we're not going to have that happen to Mulder we're going to have that happen to Budahas and we're going to see Budahas go through all that so we know what's going on but then it's not happening to Mulder because that was really weird too that like in the second episode all that happens to Mulder and then like we don't talk about it well but then his memory is kind of erased so he doesn't really remember yeah, but I mean but Scully knows about it like no it never comes up though well I mean so. he knows he was taken he just doesn't know what That's they true. did and Scully doesn't really yeah. know what they did either so it's kind of one of those things where they could have just like grabbed him to question him for a while and then he just you know and they don't know yeah and then of course I'm because I've always been more interested in like what, you know what why was the skin all messed up right was it radiation what was going on so we focus more on Budahas and what's going on I don't have all the details on this but 
this becomes part of my two-parter, possibly three-parter, because so this would be episode nine, and then episode ten is Fallen Angel, which okay. Fallen Angel was episode ten, and we we're unifying the whole alien stuff. We get less point of view stuff and all that kind of business. We also get some, let's see. So we unify, I'm reading my notes here because it's been a while since I wrote this one. We unify the whole type of alien abduction thing. We get less point of view. And we also get some hypnotic regression stuff with Mulder that maybe works a little bit with the aliens. We make Max's scar less. I would really like for his scar to be like the ones in pilot. But it's like really difficult for Mulder to see that in that interaction. Right. So I was thinking of making, maybe making it more of something at the base of his skull instead of behind his ear, like maybe a single circle. So like the same kind of mark, but like in a different location. Okay. Um, just that way we get some unification on it. I mean, the other option is maybe we change the marks in pilot and therefore in conduit. So they're not on the hips and the torso they're actually also like maybe behind the ear on the neck and then scully could have like a mosquito bite she still wouldn't be able to see it because it's like you know on the backside, right either at the base of the neck or like somewhere between like the you know the base of the neck and the ear so she would she would feel it but she wouldn't be able to see it so the molder goes to look for it kind of thing so maybe i just move those from the torso to the neck overall to give some cohesion and then i was trying to figure out like why it crashed like, why did it crash? And so I thought maybe it was actually shot down, like a missile okay. shoot it down. That actually gives us some more like conspiracy stuff. Like that's why it was covered up because it's actually like maybe some missile technology you're not supposed to know about. Okay. It's not really aliens. It was a missile launch or a test or something like that. And then I guess we probably need to retitle the Deep Throat episode since he already appears, but I haven't worked that out yet. But like Deep Throat and Fallen Angel kind of become like a two-parter and possibly a three-parter with ebe but okay. maybe not like a consecutive three-parter like like really maybe EBE is like a continuation of it yeah. but like it just yeah. comes later in the season but yeah but the new deep throat episode and then fallen angel basically are back to back so episodes nine and ten so i mean because episode 10 was great i'm just trying to get some unification and so by tying deep throat into that right it helps because i mean because he does show up in fallen angel he gives Mulder the information to go check it out so we get to keep that business as well and so it just kind of like we get a nice we also get a weird like we had that with an ebe where deep throat is like all over the place like is he helping is he hindering is he helping is he hindering and so in the new deep throat episode we get that sort of irritation with Mulder that we got in Ghost and Machine because now Mulder's contacting him. He's like, you know, that's not how our relationship works, Mr. Mulder, da, 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 kind of thing. But then right after that in Fallen Angel, he then contacts Mulder to let Mulder know about this thing that he should go check out. And so it really is like, well, what side is he playing? So we start leading into that business as well. So it just kind of goes forward with that. Okay. Eve stays episode 11. Nice. And I was really trying to figure out how to... The only thing on this episode I really changed was just how to not have Deep Throat do all the exposition. Okay. And I think the best option is that Mulder receives a cryptic note or something from Deep Throat with just the name Eve Six and a location and says access has been granted. Oh, that'd and be so cool. So they go to the location and then we let Eve actually give all the exposition because she can tell the story. Yeah, they don't need him. That's cool. They have all the yeah, they have all the pictures on the wall. She can tell all the she can tell all the story about the Litchfield stuff because basically she does that anyway. It just reinforces what 
what Deep Throat told Mulder. So she's basically just reiterating what he already said. So this way we get it directly from her. And so okay. solves that problem. Yeah, cool. So we actually maybe don't even see Deep Throat in this episode at all. We just get like information and we assume it's from Deep Throat. We don't even know. Just okay. My idea also was because at the end when Eve 8 shows up, it's like, okay, how do you guys not know that this is an Eve coming in? Like, yeah, that was a little rough. <laughs> and so my idea was we do the, the, you know, the trope of like, she's wearing like a blonde wig or something. Right. And so she's got like a disguise, but then also maybe Eve eight and Dr. Cat show up together. Okay. Because he's old enough to have worked on the original project. And so maybe he's the guy who actually raised Eve seven. And so like the whole story of like, Oh, you know, she was, she showed up and she had great potential, blah, blah. It wasn't like, he didn't know her. Like he obviously, that's like basically like his daughter. We just don't get that information. So he's actually in on it. That'd be cool. I like that. And then obviously like later on, we'd be bringing Eve, the Eve stuff back into the episodes because that's just too good a story to drop, which unfortunately they do. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. She was cool. The actress is great, too, so it'd be nice to see more of her. Yeah. So then we go to Fire, which is episode 12. And so that was episode 12. It stays the same. I don't know if this one's even worth rewriting. I'm keeping it. I would alter the relationship between Mulder and Phoebe. Maybe make it more of that their relationship splintered because they were both hyper-competitive. Okay. Mainly, she was hyper-competitive. And so it really strained the relationship because she was trying to always like, because we get the idea that Mulder is kind of like a wonderkind, right? Like, you know, he went to Oxford and did all this kind of stuff and he shows up the FBI and everyone's like, oh, you had such potential when you showed up and then you went off on this X-Files stuff and everyone's disappointed with you and da da da, right? We get that, we get that multiple times in the seasons. We get that yes. in Young at Heart with Reggie. We get that in Tombs with Skinner, right? Everyone's like disappointed in Mulder yeah. that he's, you know, he has so much potential. So she's really competitive with him. It strains the relationship and then uh, it falls apart. And so they have, it's more like cooler indifference. Okay. About being wrong by some unspoken event that maybe will, you know, maybe leaves them and they end up dancing at the party. They kind of warm up to each other. Like Phoebe and Marsden aren't smooching in the staircase, right? Yeah, that, that did not need to be there at all. Yeah. And then I do think we make Cecil actually does do the paintings. Like okay. that's one of that's part of his obsession. Is that's that why he's he gets, there. When he gets fixated there, on a woman, he why the paintings paints the pictures. There. That's why there's that painting of like, oh darling, this looks just like you. And then maybe also there's a painting in that bedroom. Maybe that is Phoebe because they meet at the hotel when he saves the kids, right? And so he became obsessed with her because like she was all, you know, congratulating him doing such a great job. And he's like, oh, she's got a British accent. She's <laughs> she sexy, was nice right? to me for two seconds. Yeah. So yeah. clearly so it's becomes, love. Yeah. And so he maybe we get a scene of like him fin like afterwards, like when everyone shows up, he is he's like just finishing up the painting, right? And like puts it on the wall of that bedroom and then okay. kind of thing. So we just like tie him to those paintings. But the relationship between Mulder and, and Phoebe is the big thing that really needs to change yeah. in this episode to make it work. So I have some notes from Fire 2. I didn't like rewrite it. But what I was thinking, well, I did kind of rework it. So what I was thinking is like Phoebe can show up and, you know, obviously is less awful when she first appears. <laughs> Maybe doesn't scare them into thinking their car is going to explode because that's not fun. Um, I, but I like that she, part just because that ties into my super competitiveness kind of thing. But right. I mean, that's I fine. That's yeah. But So 
I would have her just like, she comes over to America because a British official was murdered in the States in the same way that other British officials were killed back home, which is like with fire in plain sight of witnesses with no obvious accelerant. So like, they don't know what's going on, but this murder has happened. And so she comes to the United States to like figure it out. And maybe it's like, could be in the same general area, close enough where she could maybe ask Mulder for help. And they have intelligence that the killer is actually targeting an ambassador along with the official he already killed. So we know this other person is a target. So they know like who he's trying to get. So she's not coming along as like an almost like official bodyguard with the family. She's no, there because she's someone there because someone's was killed dead. and now there's yeah. someone else. Gotcha. I and like that. so then we obviously want to keep Fire Freak Beatty because he's great. Or oh, Beatty yeah. Or whatever. That guy's great. And then like maybe Phoebe has a scene with Scully where she reveals she used to date Mulder. And like this will be obvious beforehand, but like she like says, you know, and then maybe he got her in trouble with Scotland Yard. Like maybe he sent her chasing off after ghosts, like not literal ghosts, but maybe he had some idea that like a suspect was psychic or something weird paranormal was going on and so he kind of led her down that path and she didn't solve the case or someone got away or something and so like things kind of ended badly between them but she knows that like Mulder's a good agent and so she still wants his help with this one and we definitely need to like cut the whole teehee I'm messing with you thing like it, it just doesn't work and then the other thing they just need to define Cecil's powers like I was thinking about this even today and like maybe Whatever they do, they need to, like, establish a weakness early on. Like, maybe he can't ignite fire if he's wet or something. He has to have some kind of, like, obvious, like, we see early in the episode that, like, there's something that impedes his ability and, like, also give better parameters on how it works. But then whatever that weakness is that impedes his ability is, like, they exploit it. Maybe they don't know it, but maybe he, like, then falls in a pool and, like, isn't able to fight back and they can catch him or whatever. Who knows? So we establish that and then that ends up being how he is defeated. Yeah, because we never get that answer that Fire Freak Beatty poses where, like, you need something to it. You need an ignition. Right. And, like, he's constantly smoking and has matches and stuff. So that would be, like, your key idea of, like, oh, if he always has a cigarette, right, then he can make flame leap from the cigarette to start the fire. Right. But we don't, we don't get that because, like, in that scene with Mulder in the hallway, he just, like, snaps his fingers. Right. And, like, the hallway bursts in the flame. And, you're and like, if it is his fingers, like, how does it, you know, like, give us a better idea of what the what his power can do and what it can't do, which I think was really missing from this episode. I think that really hurt it, especially at the end when like he ends up bursting into flame for no reason. And we can't figure out how that even happened. Like that was really sloppy. Don't like that. So some kind of defeat that is obvious based on what we already know about his powers. And then I would also make him an assassin instead of like a bumbling horn dog, like kind of a goofy, whatever, (laughs) like screw that. Just make him an actual good assassin. And then have him taken down by Phoebe, who saves Mulder's life, or Mulder saves her life, or whatever. And then they kind of, you know, end on this note of like, okay, we're, we're even <laughs> now, and like, you help me, in, like, we're, we're now back in a good place, and I'm going back to England, or whatever. And so, like, she just is less obnoxious, and everything about the episode will work better if we know how his magic works, and she's not constantly, like, whatever it is she's doing. <laughs> Yeah, if he's not totally like an incel, then we do lose the need for like the paintings and stuff. Yeah, we don't need any of that. We don't need the house. We We don't need the family. We also lose the like leering photography of like, you know, the wife's backside while she's in the kitchen. Yeah, don't need all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we we he can be creepy. All the gross stuff. Fire setting arsonist creep. Like he doesn't need to be like a gross. No, because we could still have the scene where he's like, (laughs) where he burns the the 
bar down because like he actually is trying to hit on that woman right and just is totally like he can still be incompetent and sure like not good with women but it doesn't have to be like his defining like why he's doing what he's doing right i mean he can actually get the be case like, in that one using his power for whatever yeah anyway so i just think that would be a better way to kind of work that episode because i did not okay. like that episode that much yeah no i like it I like it. And that's the last one I really thought about in terms of rewind. Okay. Except the gender bender doesn't exist in my universe. Oh, so you drop gender bender. Okay. Completely. All right. It's gone. Okay. So then we go to Beyond the Sea, which is episode 13. And this one, I don't really have a lot. I My big thing, I think, was that we just kind of focus more on the spirits and less on the general psychic ability. Like, lose the whole, like, channeling teenage Scully thing. Yeah. Maybe make him more, like, based on uh, psych psychometry it's like is that how you say that psychometry? yeah psychometry where you touch where, like things. you touch stuff and so like he touches her and that's when he gets something like like when she's doing that interview he like she gets close enough and he and like she he touches her or something and so he gets that's where he gets that whole thing maybe but he's not like channeling her because again like how do you channel someone who's still alive i don't get yeah. that part either but then also just keep it more like the whole general belt thing in space where like is it that he's doing like you know hot and cold reading or is he really like got some powers we don't know so again yeah. we just keep that ambiguousness but otherwise i don't have a lot to do on that one uh gender bender so i keep gender bender uh i think maybe we maybe we possibly use the gender changing and make it more of just shape changing yeah maybe make the maybe make the killer more of like a very unisex male and then the homophobia of any of the characters can still exist, which, I mean, is gross, but, I mean, there are people like that in the world, so we can have gross characters being gross as long and, as that's why they're being gross. Or we just don't have to. <laughs> right, but I'm saying, like, if we, if, we were keeping, if we were keeping that aspect, right, but then yeah. actually, like, Mulder and Scully acknowledge that they're gross and homophobic and disgusting individuals. And then we emphasize more the fact that, like, the aberration is the killing part with their species. And maybe all the kindred are unisex and they have limited shape shifting ability to be fit into expected gender roles. And that's why they do the gender shifting is because like they're a unisex race, but if they're going to be on earth, like they realize that you need to have, you know, sort of like gender roles kind of uh, the way our society works. And so that's how they use their abilities. But that was my, it's still not spectacular, but, without throwing away completely i was just trying to think of ways to make yeah it i think if i were going to keep it at all i would just throw away the whole like sex part of it which i know is what they wanted but like i would just make it about an alien cult and one of them who's like out killing maybe with sex but maybe with no like gender shifting yeah well that was the thing i didn't i didn't i didn't specify that but like the fact that he is a killer is not necessarily related to the fact that he's going on having sex with people like he they they are an aberration because they are killing people. I'm not sure why they're killing people, but they're killing people. And so it's just, yeah. Yeah. Then we get into, so then we skip. So that was episode 14. And then we skip to young at heart. So we skip Lazarus and we go to young at heart. Okay. And we lose the salamander hand. Thank you. <laughs> we lose the cloudy eyes but we go to super pale blue eyes. Okay. So you're trying and to connect the, this to. Yes. Which is not an anomaly on its own, but it w is noticeable, right? In both Barnett and Ripley. So both Barnett and Ripley have the pale blue eyes. 
right, in the episode. So they have the cloudy eyes in the episode. They have the super pale blue eyes, which people do have super pale blue eyes. Yes. But we're noticing that certain individuals throughout the season have super pale blue eyes. And then also we make Barnett blink at the end when they call his time of death. Like he looks at Mulder and he blinks just to tie that in from like the teaser where he blinks. And then at the end when he's flatlining, like he, you know, cause he kind of does turn and look at sort of like, look at Mulder. He just kind of turns and faces that window. And then, you know, it's like, Oh, he's flatlining. And we, he's just dead, but we actually have him blink at the very end. And then my idea of the super pale eyes is that people with super pale eyes make appearances later in myth arc episodes and in like generic secret government stuff mm-hmm. without any comment about their eyes. And so, like, maybe there's an agent in the room in some episode that has super pale blue eyes. And we don't mention it. It's just like, we notice, like, oh, that dude's got super pale blue eyes. And maybe one of the agents at Mulder's hearing at the end of Fallen Angel has super pale blue eyes. And maybe someone in Ghost in the Machine has super pale blue eyes, right? But, like, there's never any commentary about the fact that they have super pale eyes. In Young at Heart is the first place where we get the idea that, like, oh these guys have super pale eyes for what we're assuming is a side effect of the treatment. We don't mention that it is, but they both have super pale blue eyes. And then we're like, Oh wait, Hodge had super pale blue eyes. And it's one of those things where like, you can kind of like weave it in and out of the episodes and not even mention it. But then it just gives people that feeder of like, are they, you know, kind of thing. So that was my idea for young at heart. Okay. And then EBE is episode 16. So again, we're, we've, we've missed, we, we skipped Lazarus. So we're behind now. So EBE was 17. Now it's 16. Uh, let's see, what did I do? I want again, I want to try and tie it to deep throat and fallen angel. Maybe the wreckage in EBE is actually the wreckage from fallen angel. So okay. It's not separate wreckage that would give more reason of why they're driving it across country. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to flying it from Iraq and then, part like landing on the east coast and driving to the west coast and so maybe again it's like a three-parter maybe i've moved them closer together or maybe i keep them separate obviously if it's the same wreckage it would probably be better if they were closer together because now there's let's see so fallen angel was still episode 10 this is six episodes later so eh, but it could still work and then or maybe i move all of them back even further so that they're closer to the Erlenmeyer flask i don't know but I had an idea that in Miracle Man, which we'll get to, what if Mulder seeing Sam is a side effect of the mind tampering from Deep Throat, which I did kind of get rid of in Deep Throat. And this is where I'm like, I'm trying to rewrite as I'm watching (laughs) episodes. And so like I have an idea earlier on and then I, I, something else happens and I'm like, Oh, but if we tie that to this, I'm kind of like backtracking. So things I change, I'm like, want to change back. But what if that was a side effect and maybe that gets moved to part two. So it happens to Budahas, but then later it happens to Mulder as well. Okay. So, yeah. Like in his detention from Fallen Angel, maybe it happens there. Like it happens to Budahas in Deep Throat. And then when Mulder gets detained in Fallen Angel, it happens to him in Fallen Angel also. Okay. And his determination to not lose his memory of Sam is what makes him keep, like he doesn't completely fall victim to the mind wipe because since sam is so strong of an idea in him following that trope of like if you can focus on the thing that's really important to right you, you, you can resist the mind <laughs> warping right so we're using that kind of trope but that's why he doesn't come out of it completely changed like everyone else he still comes out of it as molder but with like some stuff maybe confused or missing and then that gets molder enacting the whole truck across the country thing to dissuade molder from what's really going on 
because okay. like Mulder, Mulder is kind of confused. And so they use that as a tool to help further keep him like off kilter. The only cool, the, well, not the only cool thing. The real, the really fun thing for me there is that then you can write Scully as being really worried as Mulder, like her justification for being like Mulder, this is stupid is better because then it's more like she can see him kind of like maybe having moments where he's not all there. And then she's like, wait, mm-hmm. is like, he really see you know and maybe yeah and she doesn't know what happened because then she's not around to see like in like in deep throat she knows probably what happened to him right she knows he was abducted but here she doesn't know he was just incarcerated and then when he comes out he's behaving slightly strange yeah he just has moments where he's like really odd man so you can write an amazing fan fiction for that i'm just saying (laughs) i don't i'm sure that's out there somewhere i'm sure there's already like a bunch of molders confused and scully's there to pick up the but you know like i would read the hell out of that yeah and then we did talk (laughs) in ebe about how deep throat like deep throat got compromised several times in ebe like there's the you know possibly someone taking this photo at night in washington and then also we talked about the fact that like he goes to molder's apartment then we find out later that Mulder's apartment is bugged. But I realized after the fact that he probably wasn't compromising that because that's why he killed the power to Mulder's apartment because the bug was feeding off the power in the socket. Oh, duh. Oh my so God. So killing, I don't know if that was the intention, but that would make sense of why he wouldn't have been compromised. Okay. That does make, okay. I didn't even think of that. Now Assuming he has the possibility to be compromised, right? right. Like we, we don't, don't know. know Possibly point. he's in charge of yeah. the whole thing. So exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah. So then we get Miracle Man, which is episode 17. I just, the main thing I changed was Vance, like make his motivation more about greed. He's greedy. He wants money. Okay. And that's why he's trying to affect the whole thing with Samuel. And then of course we drop again, like less CGI. We drop the glowy effects with Samuel. We find out that Samuel is like a spirit or is he like, you know, hallucination of Vance, like a guilt hallucination just by the fact that when Vance goes to hit him, he like goes through him. Right. Cause when Sam first shows up, he's all like super glowy. And then later he's not glowy when they're talking. And then Vance tries to hit him and he just, you know, he goes right through him. So it's like, Oh, he's a specter or he's an imagination or whatever. So we just don't have the glowy bit in the beginning. But that's pretty much all I changed from that. The episode itself is pretty good. I had an idea of maybe at the end, we get sort of like the Incredible Hulk, like, you know, at the end of Incredible Hulk, every episode, it'd be like David Bruce Banner just walking down the road. Like, you know, because like the episode was over and he's like, oh, he's a lonely man again, walking down the road, hitchhiking. And so maybe we get a scene of like Samuel doing the same thing because like he is alive, right? And he's like, you know, wander the country and do like a highway to heaven thing of like healing people. Who knows? I don't know. Cool. So we get we get a spinoff of Miracle Man. <laughs> yeah. Then Shapes follows, so it's episode eighteen instead of nineteen. Maybe we shift like a Wendigo werewolf hybrid thing if we're going to make stuff up. It just it gives a little more flexibility in the legend creation. Yeah. And then I really like your idea of Gwen and Lyle in a relationship. Like that's definitely going to be in there. Yeah, because, I like that. Like their being in a relationship can, like we said, they could have been in a relationship in that episode and it not affected anything else right it would just been like oh that's why she was going there whether it was because they were going to run away or because like you know they had just had the little the little the little fake drama of like get out of here you're not supposed to be here and then like now she wants to go see him because she is grieving and she cares for him and she wants to be with someone right that she loves so uh darkness falls um we get rid of the first x-file 
Okay. So, so we don't have that at all. Sorry, we don't have the historical bugs who should have been eating people for all these years. No, like if we're going to read, like my <laughs> deal with like, what I actually wrote was like, if we're going to rehash ice in the woods, then there are lots of other reasons why Mulder might want to be on the case, especially following the disappearance of the first investigative team. So like a bunch of loggers disappear and they send a team in to search for them. And that team also disappears, which happens in the episode. So that's why Mulder becomes interested. Right. And he can even cite like, Travis Walton or something like not maybe directly. Yeah, he but like, might think it's UFOs. Yeah, he yeah. totally thinks it's UFOs when they go. And then exactly. they get, and that would give him a really great reason to go up there. And then once they get up there and it's bugs, it's like, oh, it, Mulder was wrong, and that's fine. Like, yeah, and then it totally puts them off. Like, then they're like, oh crap, what do we do? Like, he went in there with an expectation, and it's something completely different. Shit, how do we handle this now? Right, and that would be interesting too, from a character yeah. perspective, to kind of get him like off on his bearings, right? Yeah. And then, and then we drop the cocoon in the tree because I don't understand. Oh, I love it. I tree. love the cocoon. No, oh. they can, they can find a cocoon. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have to be in elsewhere. the tree. Okay. <laughs> no, it's like on the hike to the cabin or like maybe in an, in an abandoned vehicle. It's just not up in the tree. Okay. <laughs> because up in the tree doesn't make any sense. I don't know how they get up in the tree. Yeah. I don't, so. They're pretty powerful bugs. Sometimes. And then it also makes more sense of how like the eco-terrorists could have like faked it. Right. Because okay. you could just wrap up a dead body and stuff. And make okay, like, so oh, then there's more cocoon. room for doubt. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, see, so that was episode 19. Lazarus becomes episode 20. No tattoo. Yeah. No watch. Right. So we lose all that stuff about the watch, like the psychic energy that it makes the watch stop when his when he dies. Right. There's no need for Scully to have a sexual relationship with him. Just make him more of like a Reggie kind of relationship wise. Right. Like he was a mentor. Yeah, that like works. He was, her, he was her first supervisor or something. The snow, the whole snow thing could have been a case that went bad. Like they were working on a case together and something went wrong and they got trapped somewhere. Okay. So that that could have that thing where they have that link together. And maybe they bonded while they were in the cabin or something and became yeah. like close friends or whatever. But yeah, but he's just like like because like that's the thing. Like in Lazarus, we get like she has a relationship with him and then he dies, and we get like oh a coworker. But like Scully had to have, like have sex with him basically for us to feel any kind of bond between them. And then one episode later, we get Young at Heart, where we get Mulder and Reggie, and it's like I don't think Mulder and Reggie were sleeping together. I mean, maybe. But yet, <laughs> but maybe, right? I mean, but we, but like that's not played, right? No, it's and definitely so, not. <laughs> no, but yet we're still supposed to feel like, oh, like you know, Reggie was really important to Mulder. Like we could do the same thing with with Scully and Willis. They don't have yeah. to have slept together to have that relationship, right? So women can have feelings for men that they don't sleep with. It happens all the time. Yeah. You can just be close to people. It's called being a human being. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then they totally forget about the whole, like, they mentioned in the episode, but they never go back to it. Like, Willis's fingerprints were on the tool that cut Dupree's fingers off, right? Yes. They never talk about that again at all, right? That never goes into, like, you know, Willis having to be, like, why does he have to be recertified? Because he died? Because he let himself get shot? Like, Scully killed the guy in that thing. She didn't have to be recertified. So why is he being recertified? Is it because he disappeared? Like, I don't understand that too. That's just like more of a detail. But, okay. and then also, and this is, this actually happens in the episode. Lula has super pale blue eyes. Like the actress who plays oh. her does have super, but 
that one's maybe just there to mess with people, right? Okay. Because it doesn't have to, because people do have super pale blue eyes. But then we got this thing going on. It's like, oh, who's what, right? Because she does, she does like, you know, rat on him. And so is there something going on? Yeah, there she does turn on it's, him. It's just one of those things that like, you know, it's just to mess with people. Like, oh, I've got this idea. Especially because now this is episode 20. So we've started to get a feeling of like, oh, you know, remember back in Ice, Hodge had super pale blue eyes. And then remember in Ghost in the Machine, there was that guy. And then there was a dude in Fallen Angel during Mulder's hearing. He had pale blue eyes. And then maybe that's a thing. And then we get Lula has them and I'm like, <gasps> but then it's like, it's just, it's just messing with people. Like they just did it because sometimes people have super pale blue eyes. So I like to mess with people. <laughs> then we go to episode 21 and that's going to be tombs. I'm not really sure. It's like, it's too soon and it's badly written and it's overacted. Like, would it, should it, should it be a season two episode? I'm keeping it. But I think my idea was that you actually, we actually have tombs incarcerated, but a lower security. And then he's allowed to do his job, like on some kind of furlough. Okay. And that gives us another chance for Mulder to do like the whole harassing thing, right? Because Mulder's trying to keep an eye on him. So he can still kill the doctor and then escape from the lower security place. And then we also lose the whole framing Mulder business because that's just okay. dumb. Like that's just, yeah. Don't be like, you're going to break into Mulder house, try to kill him. Don't break into his house. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like it's still, it's still clunky. It's still like too soon, I think. It is. But I think if he had like either escaped or like you said, was on some kind of work release and Mulder's trying to keep him from killing while well, he's on, you know, either way. Like, I feel like that makes way more sense than him just like getting released. Yeah. Like, that so my idea is weird. that like, yeah. So my idea is that like he gets, he's, he gets, he gets bumped down to a lower security because he's been behaving. Right. And then they allow him to go do his job, but he's like super supervised all the time. So he's always with someone on his job. And then, so that's preventing him from, like, he's getting those urges, but he can't do anything. Right, because he's and, always like, he, with somebody. Right, and he can't necessarily kill the guy he's with, right, because of some, I don't know why, I mean, I guess he could, but he doesn't. And so that's why he reacts, and he kills the doctor when the doctor is visiting him, and then he escapes. And okay. he kills the doctor. And so then we get the whole, like, we got to find him, and he kills, you know, well, he kills the doctor, so now he's going to go hibernate because he just got the liver, and so that's where they got to go find him. So it's still clunky. It's still, I think it's still too soon, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then we skip. Born again just doesn't exist. Okay. It just yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that because that episode was a hot mess. Hot mess. Yeah. Yep. 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 So then we go to Roland. So Roland's now episode 22 instead of being episode 23 because we've lost. We now we've completely lost episode. So, which is another reason why Born Again shouldn't exist, because it's basically almost this exact same premise. It's, it's very similar, yeah. It's like a combination of Born Again and and Shadows is what it is, really. So, we do give Roland back his life at the end. Okay. Because I didn't, I did not like that ending of where, like, we're not sure if he's still got issues or not. That's messed up. Was Arthur Grables actually killed, or did he just die in an accident? I don't know. Like, work, we'd never find out. <laughs> right. We kind of assume that maybe the one dude maybe set him up to be killed, right? So he'd get all the credit. But we don't know. We never get any information about that. So yes. like, was he killed? Very unclear. That would, give, that would give him more reason to be vengeful if he was killed, as opposed to just being like a narcissist ghost who wants credit for something he can't get credit for because he's already dead. So, Yeah. And I think if you get rid of Born Again... 
then you can have that plot and it doesn't feel like we just saw this last week. Whereas <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I haven't figured out how to do this part yet, but there is an issue and I can't believe I didn't bring it up in the episode. So all these people that Arthur Grable's worked with knew him from back in college, right? None of them realized that Roland looks exactly like him. Yeah, that's weird. And did they all know him from college, or was that just a picture of him in college? Well, the one guy did because remember they took apart his the professor's car. Oh, and right. like they're all in the photo. So back in college. Yeah, so and that so was he, he was there. And so he's known him from. I mean, back then he had like you know he was a hippie, right? So he had like the long hair and the beard and whatever. But like you've known him for that long. At some point, you have probably seen him without like long hair and possibly without a beard. Like you've been friend, you you've known each other for decades. And then when this janitor shows up, no one notices like he looks exactly like the dude who just got him a job. Like even through like glasses and a beard, if you've known someone for decades, you're gonna be like, oh, dude, this guy looks just like you. What's going on? Yeah. Like, you're not going to notice that. Yeah. I'm thinking of people that I've worked with or whatever. And if someone showed up and like had a beard and gla- well, they had a beard and glasses, someone showed up and was like, you know, eventually you'd be like, wait. You guys kind of yeah. look alike or something. And maybe not like, yeah, and maybe not like on the first day that Roland starts, right? But like as he's there for a while and you, you know, you've known this other guy for a decade, you start realizing like, you know what? Like, just like you, you, you know, you catch a bit of a profile or something and just, or the eyes, the eyebrows, you're like, they look a lot, you know, you would realize that. Like, how come no one realizes that? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't so, know. It's weird. That's another issue that I haven't figured out how to work out, but. So then the Erlenmeyer Flask, final episode, episode 23, because we only have 23 episodes now because Born Again doesn't exist. I don't know. I didn't write anything. I can't think of. I mean, that episode had a lot of issues, in my opinion, but I didn't write anything about it. So I don't know how to rewrite it. I don't know how Scully got that fetus out of the facility because she showed up with like a briefcase that could possibly hold like a 1993 laptop and a couple of file folders. And then she walks out with like a big cylinder that has a frozen baby in it. So I don't know how she got that out of the building because it's in like a big box when she gives it to deep throat. Right. So yeah, I'm not sure what goes on with that, but yeah, early Meyer flask. I'm not sure too soon. I didn't write anything about it. (laughs) That's okay. I actually like that episode. I mean, it did have issues. I agree. Like, I don't know how she got that alien thing out, but. Yeah, I was, I was, I remember playing with some ideas about the whole clone thing. And because like, well, I'm making, they they weren't clones, right? We were discussing whether they were clones or not. And it turns out they're not. They're people who were like dying of like terminal diseases and volunteered for some treatment, but then ended up just being put like in giant aquariums. And so like being cured of your treatment, really like, what's the point? Cause you're not going to get to live your life. But then somehow the other guy gets out and is allowed to live his life. And then they're like, Oh, you can't do that because that would be bad. And so they have to go kill him. I don't understand. So I think the tanks were the treatment. And then if you got well enough, obviously they would let you go. Cause like you're not in jail or anything. And I think what happened is they didn't expect any, cause they say in the episode, they didn't expect anyone to actually do that well. And then when he does and like the doctors let him go, then the government officials are like, um, no, actually can't have this guy out there doing things. So I think it's like different people making those decisions. Yeah, but like, wouldn't the doctors have realized that? Like, yeah. oh, guess what? Their blood is green and they've got super strength. 
the like, government's that not might not be let good to have them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because like that's what I understand. Like, was it? It seemed almost like like they didn't. They they kind of played it both ways. Like it seemed like maybe he possibly escaped from the facility and then was living his life. But then it's also like, well, it doesn't seem like he escaped. It seemed like he was let go because he got better. But then they're like, oh, but we can't let you go. So then why did you let him go? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. No, and then also weird. and then also the fact that they're using like a storage facility for this. Yeah. Like they have like they have all these secret government facilities with like frozen alien babies, but they're using like a rent a storage place to have people in these giant tanks. Like what? Like, yeah. Well, we did talk about it a little bit and how like maybe it was like a secret government facility that was meant to look like a storage facility so that people would leave mm-hmm. it alone but yeah you're right it does they have these high security sleek facilities it seems like that's a better place maybe it's yeah. just plausible deniability cuz like possibly you can just be like well this is ha-, you know obviously it's not us why would we do it in a storage unit i mean maybe if it turned out that like one of the storage units wasn't really a storage unit but it was, it was like an elevator to like an underground bunker kind of thing that would have been interesting maybe cuz then that would have played into that whole thing but yeah, early Meyer flask. I don't have a lot for it. So I think maybe because I was trying to tie so many things together that now I'm trying to like, okay, now how do I tie? Like I said, like I kept as episodes progress, I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Now I, I got to work this in. Oh, so actually like I changed this and this one, but that actually would work good if I left that and then just reworked it. Right. So I have to go back. So yeah. So my rewrites are kind of all over the place a little bit because as I got new information, things changed. And so well, I think when Erlen Meyer flash showed up, I was just like, oh what do i do okay so yeah yeah and see unlike you i don't i don't have a problem with them being like with different species of aliens running around or whatever and i don't feel like everything needs to be connected i think it's cool and it works that way too and i think that's kind of like a fun way to rework it so that everything has like kind of this thread running through it and it definitely makes sense with future seasons from what little i remember but like for me it's like i like the standalone episodes i like that there's other random crap going on i just wish some of them were better <laughs> in ter- like oh, fire like, or like in yeah, terms I, of- I like the idea that you can have a standalone episode that has a deeper meaning in context of other episodes like right you don't need to have like you can enjoy this episode not knowing that there's something else going on like the whole like pale blue eyes thing or whatever right right or the fact that like the human consciousness in the computer is actually what Kevin was engaging with. It wasn't alien to the TV. It was actually that, that human intelligence that had been uploaded to the computer system. Like you don't need to tie those things together, but like having that be able to tie them together, like gives levels for people who are like really into that and totally. want to connect the dots. They have something to work with. And then, but then it's also like, Oh, you can just enjoy this episode about, what is this mutated creature running through the woods? Oh, is it related to the mutations that were going on in pilot? Maybe, but it doesn't have to be. Right. So, yeah. Either way, I'm definitely, I think you're going to really like, I can't remember what season it is, season three or four, where it all kind of ties together. I don't know. I know it does at some point, sort of. I don't know how well it's done. Because again, I have We'll see, I was saying, we'll see how it ties together. I I haven't seen it in like two decades, so I have no idea. I just have vague memories, but... And I don't even remember what season exactly that happened. So <laughs> could even be next season. All right. know. Well, speaking of next season. Yeah. So our next episode is going to be the first episode of season two, which is Little Green Men. And as we know, the X-Files is shut down forever and never coming back. So it'll be interesting to see how Mulder and Scully cope with that. Yeah. <laughs> and like Scully's like working at like a Starbucks. Oh, Mulder probably. Yeah. Doing, That's yeah. her skill set right there. <laughs> 
Yep. So. I mean, honestly, I mean, she. Well, she could look at it and tell you exactly how many pumps were in it just by mm-hmm. looking at it and be like, oh, this has three yeah. pumps. Here you go. So, yeah. But um, it will be interesting to see because I, I don't remember how they play that. So. <laughs> oh, I looked up something about it. She goes back to teaching because apparently oh, okay. she used to teach at the academy. And I'm like, what? She's only been with the agency for two years. And now she actually is going to go back to teaching because she used to teach there, too. So, like, okay, well, she had slept with her teacher, but she was also a te- like, oh, my God. Okay. So, they're yeah, they're rewriting shit left and right. But I guess you're not supposed to remember that. So Yeah, that'd be interesting. So she was apparently an instructor at the academy at one point. I think they're just trying to get her out of the that. field because Jillian's pregnant, and so they just need. Yeah, her well, no, I get that, can, but like, but like, remember what you said. Yeah, like, I don't know why she has to go back. Why can't she just start teaching? Like, that's fine. Yeah, she could. Yeah. So I don't she know. I mean, maybe and I don't know. If that's what they say in the episode. That's what I read. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So. But, <laughs> yeah, but she, yeah, how how can she go back to teaching because she's a really like new agent who just got out of the academy like two years ago. They usually don't let those people teach, but anyway. Yeah, but I bet Scully has great customer service skills. She really could rock a job at Starbucks if she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> what would Mulder be Mulder, doing? Mulder would not work well at Starbucks. He would not. <laughs> he would not follow enough of the rules. Where He'd would, be fired on Mul- like day so two. If, so if Mulder, if Mulder was not doing a job at the FBI, like if we open up the X Files and Mulder is like not with the FBI anymore, right? Like he's he actually like is doing a job working for oh a living. God. What is what is Mulder doing? Mulder is living in an RV next to the lone gunman's office because he can't afford his apartment anymore because he's just working. He's got for the Max's. Lone he's got Max's. He's got Max's airstream. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, he's living in Max's airstream, <laughs> and he is helping the lone gunman run their magazine. That is what he's. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And not getting along with them at all. Oh God, no! They would start fighting immediately because he would like yeah. try and take it in one direction, and they'd yeah, be like, they, no. "Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, they would totally be like <laughs> enforcing like editorial, like constraints on him." He'd be like, "No, we have to." And yeah, I get to see them like totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I'm looking forward to that episode where Mulder and the Lone Gunman duke it out over how to run their magazine. <laughs> That'll be in next season's I Want to Rewrite, where we rewrite, the, we rewrite Little Green Man, where Mulder is working with the Lone Gunman, writing this. Yeah. And they're having little tiffs about it and trying yeah, to make Mulder to, get their coffee, where he goes to Starbucks and sees Scully. And sees Scully, yeah. And then he decides to spin off his own magazine because they're not doing the hard-hitting reporting that he thinks they should be doing. Oh, my goodness. So... <laughs> Oh, yep. that's amazing. <laughs> Mulder, ba- Mulder basically becomes Kolchak is what happens. He becomes Kolchak. <laughs> Look at that. It goes full circle. It goes full circle. <laughs> yep. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet. Episode production, editing, and mixing is by Lazian Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like The X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we begin Season 2 of The X-Files with Little Green Men. And try to figure out if If the the truth truth is still still out out there. there. We make up.
I'm excited to watch Little Green Man, actually. It's just got a cool title. <laughs> Although now I'm going to be really disappointed that Mulder's not like a journalist who's disgruntled. <laughs> Wearing a rumpled suit. Yeah. Yelling at his editor. Who's <laughs> Byers? Byers is the editor. Oh my God. Okay, anyway, I'm stopping now. <laughs> oh, uh, it took me a minute to remember who Byers was. I'm like, who's Byers? He's the insurance sales dude. Yeah. I say it's Blevins. Blevins is left it. <laughs> Levin's left the agency and he's running a newspaper. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> a newspaper. He's... Or maybe Mulder's at a think. He's not at a newspaper. He's at a think tank. Oh, okay. And Blevins there is go. there. Yeah. Or Blevins could be running like a tabloid, like Midnight Star type deal. Oh, you know what Mulder's doing? He's teaching. Mulder actually goes back to teaching because Mulder has, you know, all that Oxford shit that he did. Not that Scully is like, you know, slacking off with like her medical school stuff maybe Cully's doing medical school stuff maybe that's what she's doing maybe oh yeah doing maybe doctors. she goes and she could be doing doctor shit finishes her she residency could doing, and... she could be doing autopsies for the agency Ooh, she could be a coroner yeah or a medical examiner she could be like whoa that was weird beeping that was my alarm for some oh. reason i have an alarm set for 245 and i don't know why um, she could be like Kathy Reichs in Temperance Brennan, where she's like now a medical examiner who goes around and looks at weird bodies and figures out what happened. Yeah, she could totally be doing medical stuff for the FBI. Yeah, exactly. That's what she'd be doing. But Mulder would be teaching like in the psychology department somewhere. And he'd be he'd be kind of doing like some Peter Venkman shit with like doing like okay. psychic tests on people and that oh, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe not to get like dates, right? By like shocking people no. wrongly when they're no, because the Mulder answers, actually but... cares about the psychic ability, whereas no, Peter Venkman's just fucking around. Yeah, he's just on the make, but yeah, but he could totally be doing that. That's totally what would be happening. Oh my god, yeah. that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. So whatever happens when we get to season two, Scully should be doing <laughs> autopsies for the FBI, and Mulder should be performing like tests on students in the psychology department. Damn, we're going to be disappointed because we're setting very high expectations. Yeah. Now, where would Mulder be teaching? Like, he could go to Georgetown just to stay in D.C., but maybe it would be <laughs> somewhere else. Maybe like Duke or something. Something like that. I don't know. But yeah, this might this, this might become the bloopers of us figuring out what <laughs> I was just figuring out their doing. jobs post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. It's kind of funny because we haven't seen it yet. So we're just randomly speculating. And I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah.